I'm Rachel Cassandra. Welcome to Midday Magazine for Thursday, December 15th. The following story contains references to crimes of a sexual nature carried out against a minor. It may be distressing or inappropriate for some listeners. A well-known Wrangell mechanic has been sentenced to seven years in prison for two felony sex crimes against a minor, who was 14 years old at the time. KSTK's Sage Smiley attended the sentencing and has this report. In late June, Wrangell's Soul Auto Shop announced it was closing its doors for good. Mechanic Dusty Cowan had been found guilty of two felony sexual offenses at a three-day trial held in Ketchikan. The jury found Cowan guilty of online enticement of a minor, a Class B felony, and sending explicit materials to a minor, a Class C felony. Cowan, who was 37 at the time, sent the sexual messages to a 14-year-old girl over a period of about a month in autumn of 2018. Superior Court Judge Jude Pate explained the online enticement charge at a December 12th sentencing hearing. The defendant, Mr. Cowan, did so with a deliberate intent to entice, solicit, or encourage the child to engage in sexual penetration, masturbation, or lewd exhibition of the child's genitals. So basically what it describes is a grooming process. State prosecutor Bailey Wolfstead explained that the girl, Trinity Thedford, had a close relationship with Cowan's family, was best friends with one of his daughters, stayed at their home for weeks at a time during the summer, and saw Cowan as a father figure. This wasn't stranger danger. This wasn't to catch a predator. The person who sexualized Trinity, the person who asked her for photos of her vagina, the person who sent her photos of his penis, is someone who she asked to be the father on her birth certificate, a person she went to for guidance in her life, a person she went to for comfort, telling him that her life was hard, only to have him respond and say, the only one who's supposed to be hard here is me. Ask her for for incredibly sensitive photos, engage in these simultaneous two-way video communications showing himself masturbating and sending her pictures of his penis. Defense attorney Michael Heiser argued Cowan accidentally sent the photos of his genitals to the girl, calling the sexual felonies a, quote, drastic mistake. But the prosecution pushed back. Dusty Cowan didn't make a mistake. He made a choice. And he made that choice over and over again. He made that choice to take a child who was his own daughter's best friend, who literally in the text messages is sending photos of herself with his own daughter and sexualize her and groom her and use her for for the purpose that he wanted to use her for. According to testimony given by Thedford during the trial, Cowan told her to regularly delete messages. So this idea that he accidentally sent this photo of his penis is a flaccid excuse. Trinity Thedford is 18 now and made a statement to the court at the sentencing hearing. She asked to be referred to by name rather than initials, saying she doesn't want to feel like a victim anymore. And I know as much as it hurts to say I hate seeing everyone so mad at me. For something I didn't do. And the only reason why I'm here is because I would never want my my daughter to go through this. My baby's only one. I just don't understand how someone can do that when they're a parent because I didn't have a dad. 
Around 30 members of the public came to the sentencing hearing. The judge noted many Wrangell residents wrote letters of support for Cowan. Quotes read at the sentencing focused on his essential business and reputation as a family man. Prosecutor Wolfstead asked the judge to consider the show of support as a factor in determining Cowan's sentence. When you have this much of the town showing up to support a sexual predator and where the victim in essence comes into town and become, is treated as a pariah, what impact, what impact that has on victims in the future coming forward to report? Particularly here in a town like Wrangell. Does this show victims of future sex crimes in Wrangell how they're going to be treated? Does it send a clear message to those victims, suffer your indignities in silence lest we turn on you too? In addition to seven years of jail time and a decade of probation, Cowan will have to register as a sex offender for the rest of his life. His only prior offense was a driving-related infraction. With good behavior, he'll be eligible for parole after one-third of his sentence. The sentence is less than what the state was seeking, but above the mandatory minimum for the two felonies. Judge Pate explained his reasoning. I think Mr. Cowan has potential for rehabilitation. I think that the fact that he does have a prior criminal history, that this, the demonstration of the character that he's demonstrated for many years here at Wrangell as a central character or service provider, is uh, he does have potential. Um, he was uh, on release for you know almost four years, and there weren't any violations. The court recommends Cowan be incarcerated at Goose Creek Correctional Center in Wasilla. That's in part because sex offender classes are available there. Cowan didn't speak during the sentencing hearing or look towards Thedford, her mother, or the state's attorney. Cowan's attorney read two brief statements on his behalf. Uh, I'd like to start by saying how sorry I am for what has happened and for what I have done. I understand that people got hurt. I'm sorry. Neither of Cowan's statements mentioned Thedford by name. He will have 30 days to appeal his sentence. Heiser, his attorney, did not respond Tuesday to an inquiry about whether he plans to appeal. In Wrangell, I'm Sage Smiley. In the next few days, cold air from Canada will chill southeast Alaska down to its lowest, lowest temperatures so far this winter. The National Weather Service forecasts consistent sub-zero wind chills throughout the region beginning Sunday. The weather system could bring record-breaking temperatures throughout the panhandle in the single digits in the north or low teens in the south. Meteorologist Nathan Compton with the National Weather Service in Juneau says it's extremely cold for this time of year. This is something we like to call an outflow event. Basically, large amounts of cold air builds up in the Yukon and it kind of flows over near the Haines-Gagway area and it flows all the way down the channel and it flows off the mountains to your east and it, it generates those very, very cold temperatures, very dry, not really a lot of rainfall or snow with this, clear skies, but some fairly significant winds along with that too. Compton says it's the type of cold that is potentially dangerous. Southeast residents need to take precautions. Definitely make sure that if you're going outside, you need to be dressing warmly. Um, along with these cold temperatures, you are exposed to any wind. Um, there is a wind chill factor associated with these cold temperatures, and it's probably a good idea to be very aware of potential for hypothermia if you're out for too long. 
Hypothermia can set in when internal body temperature drops just a couple of degrees. Compton suggests dressing in layers and avoiding getting wet or sweating if outside during the cold snap. The National Weather Service also emphasizes the importance of being mindful of potential plumbing freezes and checking up on the welfare of neighbors, friends, and pets. Compton says the National Weather Service in Juneau is still actively looking at when the extreme cold temperatures will let up, possibly sometime next week. But he says he expects cold and dry conditions to stick around for longer than this more extreme cold snap. Human-caused climate change is rapidly transforming the Arctic, and Arctic residents are now coping with effects more characteristic of other regions, like typhoons, wildfires, and increased rain. Those were some of the findings of the annual Arctic Report Card produced by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. NOAA Administrator Richard Spinrad says the changes are visible in diminished sea ice, plankton blooms, mass seabird die-offs, coastal erosion, and damage to Arctic communities. He says rapid warming in the Arctic is profoundly affecting the more than 400,000 indigenous people who live there, and in many instances upending their entire way of life. This year, for the first time, the Arctic Report Card has a chapter on the impact to indigenous people. Jackie Schaefer, Climate Initiatives Director at the Alaska Native Tribal Health Consortium, is one of the authors. She says Native people are seeing in their lifetime the kind of change that used to occur over many generations. The Arctic is warming more than twice as fast as the rest of the world, and the Arctic Report Card documents a variety of indicators. Petersburg's high school girls basketball team is kicking off their season by hosting Metlakatla this coming weekend. KFSK's Avery Herman Sakamoto talked with head coach Dino Brock before practice this week for the scoop. We're in our second week of practice, or start of the third week, and um, got 16 girls that are working really hard. Um, it's been fun. We are young, and we are learning lots quickly, but I, I like the energy. Uh, I like how hard we're working every day, the positive attitude. So things are going really well right now. And then we have a home meet this weekend to start off the season? Yeah, we play Matlakatla um, Friday night and Saturday morning, and hopefully we'll have JV and varsity games for both boys and girls. What does the season look like after this meet? Uh, after this, we will we'll practice through break. We leave after Christmas, the varsity does, uh, to head to Ketchikan for a tournament. So, yeah, and then um, we'll play Haynes right after the New Year. Is there anything you wanted to highlight? No, I just, like I said, I like our energy. We are we are young. We, we lost some pretty experienced players from last year. So uh, I, I'm excited to see how we do this weekend um, against a very good team. Matlakel is going to be rated one of the top teams in the state all year, so it'll be good for us to, to get out and play and see where we're at. That was girls basketball coach Dino Brock speaking with KFSK's Avery Herman Sakamoto about the upcoming games this weekend in Petersburg. Petersburg High School's boys basketball team will also be hosting their first meet of the season against Medlakatla this weekend in Petersburg. KFSK's Avery Herman Sakamoto caught up with the boys head coach Rick Brock. 
Um, well, we've had um, a week and a half or so, 10 practices, I guess, part of a couple of weeks. Um, things are going good. Uh, the team is um, improving every day. It's a really um, easy group to work with. We have had uh, um, some sicknesses and stuff, I guess, like probably everybody else in the world and um, trying to deal with kids out with uh, the flu and cold and stuff. Um, trying to get into a rhythm in practice has been a little difficult, but uh, couldn't ask for a better group that shows up every day and works hard and, and uh, their goal is to get better every day. And then the first meet is this weekend, correct? Uh, yeah, the first games are this weekend, so we haven't had a chance to play yet. Um, we play Metlakatli here. Uh, they return uh, every player off of uh, the state runner-up team from last year. So <laughs> going into uh, going into the season, I really do think they're probably the, uh, the, the number one seed in the state, so to speak, preseason-wise. Uh, so we'll get a chance to, to see where we're at and see how we rank, you know, against a really good opponent. Um, our league, once again, is going to be very good. Uh, Wrangell and Haynes return um, their best, really, their their core of their players from last year's teams. Uh, and they were, um, they were very good. Um, they both beat us. I believe we were one and one with Haynes, and um, I think we were two and four three versus Wrangell. So, uh, yeah, once again, Southeast is just reloaded and is uh, tough from top to bottom. Um, but that's Southeast basketball. What does the rest of the season look like for December and January, just for a heads up? Uh, we head up to play Thunder Mountain in non-conference games right before Christmas. We, um, we were scheduled to go up to a really nice uh, small school tournament over Christmas break, but um, it got canceled. So kind of last minute, we're going to run up to Juno and, and uh, play them a couple of games. And then we'll have a little bit of a break, and then we start right in with our conference games uh, the first weekend back uh, in January against Haynes uh, here at home. Is there anything else you'd like to highlight? People should get a chance to see some very good teams. We have, uh, I believe, four or five series at home, which is more than last year. Um, and the teams we have coming in, uh, Metlakatla, Wrangell, Haynes, uh, Craig, and then Unalaska is coming down from up north to play us. We went up there a few years ago, so uh, they're making a, uh, a trip down here. Uh, so people get a chance to watch some really good teams. Hopefully uh, we'll continue to get better and better every week because, uh, um, like I said, our league is going to be extremely tough. That was Boyes basketball coach Rick Brock speaking with KFSK's Avery Herman Sakamoto about the upcoming home meet this weekend. Both the JV and varsity girls and boys teams will be playing against Metlakatla this weekend in the high school gym. On Friday, the JV girls team plays at 3 p.m. and the JV boys team plays at 4.30 p.m. The varsity girls team will play at 6 p.m. and the varsity boys team will play at 7.30 p.m. On Saturday, the girls JV team will play at 8.15 a.m. The boys JV will play at 9.15 a.m. and the varsity girls team will play at 10.15 a.m. and the varsity boys will play at 11.45 a.m. And for KFSK, I'm Rachel Cassandra.